This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on the morning run, and I'm Philip C. As we head into Johor's state polls, on today's property show, we are in conversation with Tan Li Ru, Associate Director, and Keith Ui, Deputy Managing Director of Night Frank Malaysia, as we focus on the developments taking place in the Johor property market. Now, let's get straight to the questions. Li Ru, can I get a perspective? When you looked at 2021 and 2020, it was a very challenging year, isn't it, for the Johor property market? Can you give us a sense how challenging it was? I think generally the property market is affected by the implementation of the national recovery plans from June to September 2021 during the lockdown. So following with the relaxation on control orders, it would be likely that things are picking up. The volume of transaction for the residential and industrial sector in quarter 1 and 2 of 2021 was at the downtrend trend. It will pick up in quarter three of two two three two one. I see. So there was really a tale of two halves, isn't it? Uh, what what drove that pick up then? Is it really a function of MCO, or were there other factors that you know drove this in Johor? I think uh, typically, I think it's because of the MCO. I think that there are lessers of uh, market transactions, and then uh, nevertheless, the industrial subsector is expected to remain resilient with uh, frequent market activities, especially on those uh, acquisition and land transaction in the industrial sector. And Keith, can I bring you into this picture, right? I mean, Liru gives a perspective on Johor. I wonder if you can help me contrast how Johor did relative to the rest of Malaysia, you know, especially for those of us folks in Klang Valley. We've also suffered the brunt of the pandemic. Um, how did Johor perform relative to, you know, the rest of Malaysia and the regions? Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> I guess in terms of Johor, I guess um, we have to look at three cities separately, uh, perhaps, yeah. So um, um, in terms of Johor versus Penang or even KL, so KL being the capital city of Malaysia, that attracts a different set of um, investors, you know, coming in. Then, of course, uh, Penang, as everyone knows, are actually E&E sector is actually driving the, the entire Penang market. So yeah. back to the Johor perspective, I think um, in terms of the mass population and the trickling effect on the businesses itself, the ability of flexibly travel between Johor and Singapore plays a fairly vital role in the Johor market itself. Yeah. So um, in the past, if you look at it, I think there was quite a lot of focus attracting people uh, living outside of Johor to invest, especially the Singaporean investors themselves. However, during the course of the closure of the Malaysia borders, um, the mindset and target market from the developers themselves have actually shifted to cater a little bit more for the local uh, yeah. community, I may say. You know, so you could look at, you know, um, in terms of landed properties in Johor itself, have actually 
picked up in terms of activities from the, the first quarter to the second quarter of 2021 itself, right? So you could see fairly active, you know, market activities on the landed properties itself. Yeah, so I want to bring on that point. And Liru, can you help me understand, you know, you know, Keith was mentioning that we're beginning to see some bright sparks and bright spots in the market uh, as we shift from more Singapore basic to more local centric uh, kind of investors, right? So he was also alluding to landed properties. Can you help us flesh out a bit more where are the recovery themes taking place in Johor? You know, what formats, what locations are seeing a recovery in the first, you know, sense of the quarter of this year? I think, uh, as mentioned before, actually, uh, the industrial market is still uh, remain resilient with uh, some of the market activities that uh, has been taking place. And, and uh, also, Johorians are preferred on the landed properties. Mm. So you will see that actually the momentum that pick up the, for the for the earlier of the year most likely will be from the landed properties and the industrial property remain resilient and some commercial property is hoping to be picked up uh, when the boundary between the Singapore and Malaysia has been opened. So hopefully these are the things that will be picked up subsequent by the of the boundary. Yeah, so that, that's very clear, right? You're saying industry has always been kind of robust and resilient. There's a now substantial sh- substantial shift on landed properties. I wonder if locations and the demand points have also changed as a result of, you know, this pandemic. Because I presume, you know, closer to the border, th- there was a bit more robustness. But has that changed or not as a result of this pandemic? I think because Johor had plenty of land and plenty of locations for for the town itself in Johor Bahru, uh, usually they are quite linked to Singapore, quite near to Singapore. Definitely, they are looking for Singaporeans to come in. Uh, this place, uh, besides the landed one, it still remains quite uh, plate now. But we're hoping they will be picked up when the boundary opens. For some areas that are outside town of Johor Bahru, there are some hotspots like industrial park, for example, because we are quite near to the 3C Park at Tanjung Langsat, Johor, Johor Port and also the Sanai Airport City. These are the industrial areas that are still performing quite well, I can say that. In terms of the fundamental shift, right, you may have put rightly that I guess in terms of the, the demand for landed properties where as what, you know, echoing on what Miru have actually just mentioned, I think the shift towards inner Johor now has, has actually picked up uh, mm. rather than, you know, location where it is closer to the borders of, of the both Singaporean where strata properties are normally being built in, in such location, right? So once when we look at landed residential properties, then um, it will deem to be a shift toward inner Johor itself, the likes of the new um, schemes that have actually, you know, pop up and whatever not. Yeah, I get a sense check from you that, you know, with when we talk about supply demand issues and how it affects, you know, pricing and the value of the transactions that take place, I, I get, correct me if I'm wrong, I suspect places like landed, you know, formats like landed property and industrial, they're all back to pre-pandemic levels. Would that be fair in terms of the value of the transactions that have taken place? I think in terms of activities, market activities and whatever not, this year we are actually anticipating in terms of uh, a gradual recovery mm. in terms of activities. But of course, if you look at the general market itself, I think in terms of property value, um, rather quite subdued at the moment. Still subdued. Uh, and, mm. you know, launches are coming into the market. And of course, there will be discounts and rebate, you know, to entice um, 
you know, buyers into the specific buying activities itself. So um, I would say we will be getting where the pre-level COVID, pre-COVID level values are, but um, it probably takes some time in a year, you know, probably by next year or so then you know we could anticipate a stronger recovery in that sense so potentially a pre-pandemic level achievement perhaps end of next year or 2024 is a very likely scenario i wonder you know and, and you, you you alluded to that just now and that there are some projects coming through there's a bit of supply in the market perhaps liru can you share some of the interesting projects that are that are coming online in johor in the next 12 months that is generating some interest i think uh, we can look at the alternative uh, asset classes that also they are quite interesting and has been picked up in Johor markets which are the data center so for just in 2021 itself we have seen three major data center players that enter into market so this is the new asset class that has been entered into Johor market so hopefully this will be the things that will be picked up in in the next few months or next few years. Another one we want to look at is the workers' accommodations, which is uh, moving forward, we expect the working workers' uh, dormitories markets to grow rapidly, underpinned by those uh, regulatory switch and the demand for compliance of dormitories. So these are the changing environments of the sector that anticipate to future drive structural shift investment great supply, that's very clear and very interesting that you're you're talking about opportunities that are framed around the commercial industrial space, right? So I, I wonder out loud, you know, what is the status of all those projects that were planned before the pandemic that were residential in nature? Are they going ahead as planned, you know, based on what you see on the ground? Definitely for the supply for those uh, landed residential homes that cater to the local market has picked up some momentum. But generally, there are a shortage of uh, worker foreign simulation due to the closure of border. So there are some projects that before the pre-pandemic and also during the pandemic has been extended its completion times. But there was something that we can understand given the restrictions and safety measures that have to be taken place recently. Okay. So I wanted to just add on a bit on what, um, you know, alluding at what Liru have actually mentioned on the alternative asset classes here. So I think I think it is um, very interesting to actually look at the prospect of this alternative asset class classes like workers' accommodation in particular. So I think um, with large investment, um, industrial facilities and manufacturing investment, you know, um, coming in and with the enforcement of the Act 446 that was in place. So um, we anticipate that uh, this planned industrial park will incorporate such amenities. So in the past, if we actually look at um, all the, you know, planned industrial park, you know, uh, workers' accommodation was not part of the, the plan in any any um, part of the infrastructure itself. This particular um, asset class is something that everyone should actually look out for, basically, and it has a great potential in terms of um, accommodating all these workers that need to comply with the Act uh, 446 itself. We'll take a short break and we will be back with more after these messages. Up next, Singapore's impact on Johor's property market as borders reopen. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Tan Lee Ru, Associate Director, and Keith Ui, Deputy Managing Director of Knight Frank Malaysia, over the latest property developments taking place in Johor. 
Keith Liru, you know, we've talked a lot about the opportunities in Johor and I see very subtle shifts, right, of the economic structure also reflecting, you know, reflecting onto the property market. But we can't, you know, discount Singapore. Singapore will remain quite a large element, I believe, you know, account nearly for 50% of the interest uh, for properties. But with the pandemic, right, there's there's been a very big shift and change in how people think about where they live and how they work. Do you think the pandemic is an opportunity or crisis for Singapore? or Singapore-based residents to come to Johor? Or people are, or are people rethinking that perspective differently then? Particularly on the manufacturing side, Singaporeans are still continue to run their operations. There are some hiccups in the earliest time when the MCO measure was first introduced in earlier 2020. But both government officials supported by those business organisations work closely to listen to feedback on the ground. So from an investment perspective, given that Johor has a more flexibility to the land size, it's remained attractive. So for last time, usually Singaporeans are used to invest property in Malaysia and stay in Johor as a holiday home. But actually during the pandemics and because of the closure of the border, they are unable to come to Johor to inspect and maintain their properties. So from a perspective of to stay, we believe that it will be take a while before the interest from Singaporeans will pick up until the pandemic is a little bit more settled. I wonder what that a while means, right? Because, and I, I get your point that it might take some time. I wonder if things like the infrastructure that's being planned between Johor and Singapore, for example, RTS, do you think that will accelerate and bring that forward earlier and even allow us to eclipse pre-pandemic levels? Yeah, I guess I guess um, you have brought up a very interesting, you know, sort of um, element here. I think um, infrastructure is always a very interesting game changer to any specific sort of locality. Yeah, so um, RTS is, we would say, is a catalyst or even a game changer for Johor Bahru itself, and um, its impact for the JB market itself will be something to keep out um, our eyes out for, basically. So with that, I think um, in terms of connectivity and whatever not, it will definitely improve. So that is something that um, I would personally felt that we should actually uh, keep our eyes out for in terms of... Let's deep dive on that then. With RTS coming through hopefully in the next three to four years, right? That's I think the plan. Where are the specific real estate opportunities then in Johor? What would be the format and shape? Because now we're talking commercial, industrial with a certain element of worker accommodation. Presumably with RTS in place and all the additional connectivity that will expedite movement between Johor and Singapore where are then the opportunities for that infrastructure development in Johor? So I guess the entire um, RTS itself will actually benefit in terms of uh, connectivity, as we mentioned earlier. So I think there's no specific area or location, perhaps, maybe because in terms of the movement of the Singaporean and the Johorian on a daily basis, I think it will elevate the faster mode of you know communicating or, or commuting, basically, between the two countries itself. So it is, will, um, I would say it will be a game changer in terms of getting Singaporean investors coming in and vice versa for us to actually going over 
to actually look at the opportunities on the both ways. So I would say in terms of the RTS itself, I think it will benefit the general Johor property market itself, be it a residential, industrial or even commercial. Then if, if I just want to take a step back and if I look at how Johor's broader structure is, and it really is a function of many what I would call provinces or locations, right? You've got Iskandar, Nusajaya, you know, the Desaru Coast per se. Can you give us a sense, Liru, how are they all performing now? You know, we've seen, you know, quite a lot of news about, you know, closures of certain like entertainment parks and such in locations like Johor. How resilient are these specific, I would say, regions or sub-regions within Johor? How are they holding up actually in the past uh, one, two years? As we know that uh, there's an area called Madini, which is under parts of the Iskandar, Malaysia, and this is under a private list scheme. I think you also know that previously there were some issues with the issuance of strata title. Recently, we are seeing strata title are progressively being issued for purchaser in Madini area. So hopefully this is uh, something that can bring back the confidence for more people to invest to Iskandar Malaysia properties. But are there other new locations that people are looking at beyond that? Or are we just really trying to optimise and still maximise these current sub-regions still? Another new new area is uh, at the TDEX, which are the location for the data centre that I'm, we have mentioned before. And that area, I think, in last year, there's a uh, data centre companies has uh, bought over the land and they plan to build the data centre at that area. Area. We, you know, we cannot re- be remiss if we don't talk about Forest City, I think, that mega development by Country Garden. How is that coming along, actually? What is happening there? Right. I guess, um, you know, uh, based on our observation itself, I think in terms of, um, well, I think firstly, we have to understand, I think Forest City itself is a mega project, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so um, technically, I think uh, what... Um, we have observed um, lately that the construction progress um, is still happening. And um, in terms of, you know, uh, but however, um, the footfall is fairly weak. So I guess um, um, efforts have been put in, in terms um, of attracting um, um, investors or even um, the entire development to keep going. So basically, um, if you look at, Forest City itself, in terms of the concept and whatever not, it is um, it is rather um, I would say you know with um, uh, a good uh, I would say you know a really uh, ecological master planned um, uh, project where I think um, it will take time um, for it to mature for such a large mega project itself. So um, things are happening. Um, progressing um, um, slowly, but I guess um, in terms of footfall and whatever not, it um, you know the efforts of the developer themselves actually put in to ensure and to drive the entire development ahead. Mm. You know, because I think we talk about this being a mega project. It was announced, you know, and and you know, to, as one of the most wasteful mega infrastructure projects in the world, and. You know, reflecting on the year, and we started off with Chinese property developers really going through a very tough time uh, in China itself. Is it fair to assume that we will never see another like of Forest City again in Johor, you know, and that Chinese property developers are unlikely to invest in Johor in the immediate term? Well, I guess we 
with whatever is happening in China now, I guess all the Chinese developers should be aware of, right? Um, mm. You know, so um, I would say I think um, what we have mentioned in terms of Forest City themselves, it is a mega project that uh, takes um, um, years to actually mature. So I guess um, um, with the um, I would say with the uh, demand and whatever not, I think it will take a while for any uh, super mega project um, to be um, to actually attract uh, further in terms of uh, besides Forest City itself. You see, so there are a lot of opportunities within um, any mega project itself. So it will take um, time to actually um, to mature. So I think there will be enough opportunity right now in the Johor market to actually sustain whatever it is. Mm, but I guess this, I guess you just need to soak up the current supply first, isn't it, before any future endeavors take place? Yes, yes. I guess, I guess the the next item also is that um, you know, in order to support all this, I think so. We hope that uh, um, with more, you know, stable policies, with a better economic situation, then I guess you know uh, more investors will come by and invest as well. So as we conclude this discussion on Johor, and, and I want to get your both your perspectives and feedback and advice. If I'm KL-based and I want to invest in Johor, right, in the property sector, what, how, what advice would you give to someone like me? And how would that advice be very different versus me perhaps investing in Penang per se? What would, I, what would you ask me to look at differently here in Johor? I think that's, as we know that the, the unique of the Johor is the relationship between Johor and Singapore, the location is quite nearby. So the one thing that attracts, I think, like people that outside Johor is the locations, which are actually we can easily cross the border to Singapore. This is one of the factors that um, Johor can attract people to invest in. Mm, so Singapore proximity for you is something that is a very much more important consideration, naturally. Keith, for you, you know, you, you, you cover Malaysia in totality, right? What's your advice to someone investing in Johor versus the rest of Malaysia? So I guess, um, firstly, we have to look at the entire infrastructure. Of course, the proximity um, of Johor itself has actually covered by Liru. Um, I think the next um, thing that I wanted to actually highlight as well is um, on the education itself, right? So um, 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 we know that in terms of um, education campuses, you know, um, Johor has um, renowned education um, uh, campuses from international um, chain have actually set up um, education campus in, in Johor itself. So uh, for those, I think, um, be it, um, you know, you are out of Malaysia or even um, locally in Malaysia, um, if, um, if you would um, to focus on education itself, I think Johor is, is, is a place for you know, anyone to actually invest in um, because of the um, education level and the mm. quality of education that could actually get instead of you know, um, for you, uh, you know, traveling out of Malaysia to, to, to attend, you know, um, uh, such, um, you know, education. That's all the time we have for today's Property Show. Thank you for being on the show, guys. I've been speaking to Tan Lee Ru, Associate Director, and Keith Wee, Deputy Managing Director of Night Frank Malaysia over Johor's property market. I'm Philip C, signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. 
Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.